1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I love this passage, by the way. Uh, I am so excited that I get to preach it to you and look at it with you. But we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 2. I'm going to read verse 9 through 12. If you'd like to stand, uh, that'd be great. If you want to sit, that'd be great. We're super accommodating here, you know. Whatever you want to do. All right, here we go. Verse 9. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for uh, your goodness, God, to us. Thank you for your generosity to us. Thank you for your mercy to us. God, I, I pray that you would help us to see how much you are worth. Help us to see how worthy you are. And God, I pray that we might help each other to live a life that's worthy of the gospel. Father, make us encouragers, make us exhorters, make us uh, chargers in the gospel. Father, I pray that especially during this tough time, that we might be especially mindful of our ministry to one another. God, please keep our congregation safe. God, I pray for the people in this room that you would keep them from this virus and that you give them health. Father, that they might serve you and, and sing your praise. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Am I loud enough, Drew? I feel like it's a little quiet. Maybe I just have some outside noise. I just want you were in the back there. Oh, it's okay? All right. Okay, so last week, if you were with us online, uh, we began with the question of, have you brought the gospel to anybody? Okay, remember that? Have you brought the gospel to anybody? Now, why were we talking about that? Well, because in chapter 1 of, of 1 Thessalonians, Paul gives the church's testimony, right? He's like, Thessalonians, do you remember when you guys came to Christ? Do you remember how you received the word and affliction and adversity and, and, and conflict? And do you remember your labor of love and your, your steadfastness of hope? He's just going over their story, right? And then in chapter 2, he starts talking about his own story. And he starts talking about, hey, do you remember how I brought the gospel to you and how I brought it to you with the pure motive of pleasing God and how I brought it to you uh, with boldness in the midst of conflict and how I brought it to you like a nursing mother tenderly cares for her children. And not only did I bring you the gospel, I, I brought you my own life. I shared my own soul. Remember that? Share my own soul. So, so, Chapter 1 was about how the, how the Thessalonians received the gospel. Chapter 2 is how Paul brought the gospel. And so last week, we kind of the, the big question was, have you brought the gospel to anybody? Okay. Today, we've got another big question, all right, that this whole sermon's going to hinge on. Who are you helping to follow Jesus? Okay, that's the question today. Who are you helping to follow Jesus? Okay, now, now why this question? Well, again, Paul's going through his own testimony in here. And after he brought the gospel to them, now he's, now he's remembering how he helped them to follow Jesus, okay? So this is a very biblical thing for you and I to do is to help other people to follow Jesus. Now, I think one of the questions you might ask right away is, well, 
who am I supposed to be helping, Pastor? You know, like who can I help? Like, like I don't, I don't know very much, or I, I'm not very articulate. Who, who can I help? You know, who can I help follow Jesus? Well, so two, two answers to that. Number one, if you, if you're bringing the gospel to people. Those people, okay? So, right, like if, if last week, if you're obeying last week's sermon and you're bringing the gospel to people, then, then this week's sermon, hey, you help those people to follow Jesus. But, but maybe, maybe God hasn't given you any opportunities. Maybe, maybe you haven't quite got started on that yet. Maybe you're, you're still working on it. Maybe you've been in total isolation, haven't seen anybody since last week, all right? That could be. All right, so now the next question is, who should I help follow Jesus? Hey, you know what? Help me. Okay, I'll just raise my hand right now and say, I would love for you to help me follow Jesus. Because here's the reality. If you're in a church, if you're in a small group, if you're in a family, if you're in a discipleship group, you know what? All of those people need help following Jesus. Please don't think that there's like one group of people that, okay, these folks need help. These folks over here, oh, they're all in the good. Man, there's nobody in this other group. Everybody needs help following Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote 13 books of the New Testament. Here's a guy who was inspired by God, caught up to the third heaven. You know what? He asked people to help him follow Jesus. If you'll turn back a page in your Bible, it's a page in my Bible, or maybe it's just look at the other page, but Colossians 4, which is right before 1 Thessalonians 1. Colossians 4, Paul says to the church at Colossae, he says in verse 3, He says, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door for the word. The next verse, he says, that I may make it clear how I ought to speak. Man, Paul was always asking people to pray for him. Well, why was he asking people to pray for him? That's an invitation. Hey, help me follow Jesus, right? Paul was the kind of guy that he'd go to his small group and and he'd ask people, help me, help me follow Jesus, pray for me. Man, there's this guy named Scotty. I don't know if you've got to meet him, but he, man, he is such a cool guy. Just got out of prison. I met him in WS Key, and he was just on fire, witnessing to everybody who came into his unit. He got out of prison recently, and so he's been, he's been sharing the gospel all over northwest Oklahoma and southern Oklahoma. He's everywhere. He's online. He got him a smartphone, and you know what he said? I could, I could preach on this, you know? And so every day, he's like got a video out. He's just preaching the word, you know? But the great thing about Scotty is every time you have a conversation, you know how he ends a conversation? Now, Brother Jason, now you be praying for me. Now you be praying for us, okay? Now you pray for us, all right? I mean, it, it was cool watching him in my office the other day. You know, he, we were getting ready to leave, and he, get, and he comes over. Now, Brother Jason, now you pray for me now. Now you, you pray for us, all right? And then he goes out to Melody. Now, he hardly knows Melody. Mel, now, Miss Melody, he calls her Miss Melody. Miss Melody, now you pray for us, all right? Now, and he goes out to, there's some homeless people out. Now you all pray for me, right? Now you all, right? Like he's just asking everybody, hey, help me follow Jesus. Help me follow Jesus, right? We should be that way. If you're in our small group ministry, you know in Romans 1, 11, and 12, our small group kind of theme anchor passage in verse 11, it says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. This is Paul talking to the church at Rome. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Hear what Paul says? He says, I can't wait to come see you guys at Rome. You know why? I need your encouragement. I need you to help me to follow Jesus, okay? So who do you help? Man, everybody in your life. Now, how do you help them? Well, Paul gives us some great, beautiful metaphors here, and it's the metaphor of a spiritual mama and a spiritual daddy, okay? So so a lot of times helping people follow Jesus, it's kind of like parenting. It's kind of like mothering. It's kind of like fathering, okay? And you know, God has wisely designed the family to have both moms and dads. Now, I know sometimes that isn't the case, and sometimes dads have to be 
take the role of a mom, and sometimes moms would have to take the role of dad. And actually, Paul is doing that same thing here. He's saying, I was like a spiritual mom to you. And then the next passage, he says, I was like a spiritual dad to you. I, I was both to you, and, and, and we should be both. But the fact that Paul highlights that says to me that moms often bring one kind of skill set According to Paul, if you remember last week's passage, remember up in verse 7, she's says, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children, being affectionately desirous of you. We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own selves. So he, he talks about how a mom will be bring the tender, nourishing care, sacrificially sharing her life. And then today, in today's passage, he talks about how a father brings the strengths of exhorting and encouraging and charging toward a certain, certain goal. And guys, we, we need both of those. Listen, if you're going to help people follow Jesus, there's a time for tenderness and there's a time for rebuke, right? There's there's a time for sharing your life and there's a time for a charge. Please don't be a one-tool Christian, okay? A lot of people are one-tool Christians. They they and, and most of the people that are one-tool Christians, guess what their one tool is? Hammer, right? Hammer. There, there's a lot of Christians that they, they think they think everything's solved by a hammer. They're just going to beat people, you know, and, and try to help them to follow Jesus by, by beating on them about what they're doing wrong. Hey, don't don't be that. Be like Paul who says, hey, when we brought the gospel, we brought it to you like a nursing mother. And then when we were helping you follow Jesus, we helped you follow Jesus like an exhorting father. You see, Paul, Paul had a bunch of different tools in his toolbox in order to help people to follow Jesus. All right, now let's talk about how he did that and how you and I should do that, okay? Number one, we should do that by example. So first point here is that spiritual leaders or spiritual parents, they lead by example. Look at verse 9 and 10. He says, you remember, brothers, our labor and our toil. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. While we proclaim to you the gospel of God, you are witnesses and God also how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. Okay, now, first of all, I want you to notice two things. Okay, at the beginning of verse 9 and beginning of verse 10, you know what he says? Hey, you remember this. Hey, you witnessed this. You know what? Paul was confident that they saw in him, they saw he was following Jesus. You know, if, if you're looking at your life and you're saying, I wonder if anybody sees. I, w- I wonder if anybody, I wonder if my kids notice. How, I wonder if they notice my faith. I wonder if they notice that I love Jesus. I wonder if they notice that I'm following him. Listen, Paul lived in such a way that he, he didn't have to wonder that. He, he says, hey, you remember. You remember how I worked night and day for you. Hey, you, you were witnesses. How holy and blameless and righteous was my conduct. You see, Paul knew that a big part of being a spirit, being a, helping somebody in their faith is, is giving them an example to follow. I mean, he's big on this, isn't it? If you remember in, in two weeks ago in chapter 1, when he's telling their story, he says in verse 6, you became imitators of us and the Lord. See, that's how, that's how it ought to work, shouldn't it? Many of you had great spiritual mentors in your life. Uh, man, if you didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, I did. Man, God, God was just faithful to bring me guys in my life, Scott Carlson and Matt Krebs and Dan Krebs and Kenny Qualls, you know, just every, every, every time I'd move to a different town and I would seek it out, God would bring me somebody and I, I just had my eyes on them. I, I knew they were following Jesus and so I was going to do what they did. I, I was going to say the Bible like they say the Bible. I was going to memorize scripture like they memorized scripture. I was going to share my faith like they shared their faith. I was going to love my wife and talk to my wife like they loved their wife and talk to their wife. I mean, I wanted to see they were following Jesus. I wanted to follow them because I wanted to follow Jesus. And so, so first of all, Paul says, hey, 
You remember, you were witnesses of how we followed Christ and you began to do that as well. You know, if, if you're exhorting your child to be a person of prayer, or your grandchild to be a person of prayer, you know what's really helpful? For them to see you pray, right? You know, if, 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 you're, if you're encouraging them, if you're exhorting them to persevere through hard times, you know what's really helpful? Is if you don't lose your cool during hard times, right? Like they need to see you. They need to see you living out your faith, all right? So number one, Paul says, be a spiritual example. That, that's one of the ways that we, we help people follow Jesus. Number two, spiritual leaders call people to kingdom greatness. They call people to Christ's likeness, all right? This is really what the rest of the sermon is about, is this whole idea of, of you helping people follow Jesus by calling them, calling them to live a life that's worthy of God. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Let me point out some things about this. Number one, this is a personal ministry. Okay, so I don't want you to think that Paul is talking about his preaching here. He's not talking about his preaching. You know how I know that? Look at verse 12. He says, we exhorted, what's those next two words? Each one of you. See that? We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. You see, we know Paul's model. He gives it to us in Acts, by the way. We know that his model was he, he absolutely tried to gather crowds to preach to. But you know what? You know what he did just as much, probably more of? Sitting down with folks, eating with them, visiting them, teaching them house to house. In Acts 20, 20, here's what it says. He says, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. You see, this, this, is a, this is a personal ministry that Paul is talking about. Because when you have personal ministry, and this is with your family, with your friends, with your neighbors, you know what you get to do? You get to do a little doctrine, okay? Uh, you get to do a little doctrine. What's the first thing the doctor does when, when you come in, okay? He, he's got to do something before he can help you. He's got to diagnose where you're at, right? He's got to figure out what, what's going on, man. Oh, how, how can I help you? And, and, and when you're thinking about your kids, your grandkids, when you're thinking about your neighbors, when you think about your small group, man, I'm telling you, small groups would explode with life if every member came to the group with this mindset. Okay, where, where's, what's, what's going on in Bonnie's life? And how can I encourage her forward? Right? How, how can I encourage her forward? Many of you may, may not know this. I just found this out late in the week, but Bonnie lost a dear friend this week, right? So, so if you know Bonnie, you're like, okay, my, I, I know that's going on in Bonnie's life. So now, how, how can I help her follow Jesus in that? I, I, wonder, I wonder if she's discouraged. I wonder if she's sad. I wonder if she's grieving. I wonder if she needs encouragement. Like, how can I follow? She, that's, that's the kind of ministry that Paul had with each one, right? When you help people follow Jesus, it's an individual helping. And what that means is one person you're going to do this and one person you're going to do something else. That's the same way it is in a family, isn't it? You know, in my family, if I'm having the same conversations with my 20, I think he's 20, 20-year-old 20 son, as I am with my 5-year-old son, you know, or my 12-year-old daughter, I mean, that, there's probably, I'm probably not doing a good job, right? Like, I need to know, okay, he, he's here, and, and, and my daughter's here, and, my son, and, and how do I help them follow Jesus? How, how do I help them take that next step forward? And that, that's what a father does. father uses this characteristic of, calling his children into a virtuous, excellent life. I know mothers do that as well. 
But, but I think Paul, I think he's wise here in just kind of pointing out these predominant characteristics of a mother and a father. A mother is, is tender and, and she gives her life for her children. A father, he's, he's exhorting his kids forward. I, I, I would say that if, if you grew up in a family with a mom and dad, I, I bet you saw that. Some of you may have had mom and dads that were switched that way. But like when I think about my family that I grew up in, when I think about my own kids, man, I, I see those things very clearly. Let me give you some examples. I've taught six kids to ride a bike, okay? Now, with all six kids, inevitably, something happens, right? You think they got it, right? You're like, let them go. Woo-hoo, Oh, man. <laughs> you know, right? There's blood. There's crying. There's weeping. Wanting to give up, right? If my wife was near, guess, guess what her predominant response in ministry was? Oh, honey, I'm so, oh, man, that hurt, didn't it? Oh, goodness sake, you want me to go get you a Band-Aid? Oh, goodness, here, here, I got a Kleenex. Let's, let's dab that blood off. It's going to be okay. Oh, you, you bless your heart, right? I'll let that go on a little bit, but what needs to happen? All right, now let's get back on the bike. All right, that's my ministry, right? Let's get back on. Come on now. You almost had it. You were so close. You were doing so good. Man, you, one more time. We got it this time. This time, you know, do, do, do this a little different. Do this a little different. Now, come on, let's go, right? Like that, that's the predominant ministry. I, I, remember, uh, I remember this from, from growing up, working a hard day, like when, you know, Early on, 12, 13 years old when I was first, first starting to work all day, you know, and I'd come in and may have been driving the Minneapolis Moline without a cab and, you know, dirt crusted. All you could see was a wipe my eyes, you know, and I'd come in the house and, you know, my mom, what's my mom? Mom was, oh, bless your heart. Look at you are caked with dirt. You know, you want me to run your back? You want a cold glass of water? You want, right? You know, what's my dad saying? My dad's like, all right, now, son, next time when you, when you start off in them rows, you need to do that, right? Like, he's, he's calling me to this excellence. He's calling me to this, this greatness. I, I want you to do it this way. I want you to be this way. I want you to be a hard worker. My mom, she's, she, right? We need both of those, okay? We need both of those in our spiritual journey, all right? Spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, all right? Now, what is this great goal that spiritual fathers are exhorting to, Okay? So each one of you, ladies, you're included in this. You need to be a spiritual, like a spiritual father, okay? You, you need to be exhorting, encouraging, and charging, okay? The, 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 your small group, your friends, your, 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 your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, exhorting, encouraging, charging them to what? Okay, let's look at the text, verse 12. We exhort each one of you, we encourage and charge you to walk in a manner worthy of God. All right, now, hold on. Because this could go, this could go wrong. Okay, if you're thinking, okay, walking in a manner worthy of God, that means that I need to live in such a way that I deserve salvation. Ooh, that's bad, right? Did did you hear that? We don't believe that, do we? We do not believe that anybody can go do a bunch of good works and then come before God and say, "All right, God, I deserve. I'm worthy of your salvation." That's not what Paul's saying. We know that's not what Paul's saying. That would be against everything that Paul has said. He's not saying that. So what does it mean to live a life? What does it mean to call people into a life that is worthy of God? Okay, let's take this a piece at a time, okay? First of all, we need to see the worth of God, all right? To understand this, you gotta understand God is worthy, okay? You have to understand he is of infinite worth. He is of infinite glory, honor, power, wisdom, might, love. He is your creator, 
okay? You are here because he decided you would be here. He is your sustainer. You are still alive because God is giving you the breath that fills your lungs right now, okay? If you're a believer, you are a believer because God has redeemed you. He has loved you with an everlasting love, not because you were lovable, but because he is love. And he sent his own son, Jesus, to live the virtuous, holy, blameless, perfect life and then to sacrifice himself on the cross to buy you out of your sins. God is worthy. And then God has raised Jesus from the dead and he has seated him. This is my favorite. He has seated him in the heavenly places. And you know what he's done? He has called you to share in that, in the gospel. In the gospel, he has called us to repent of our sins and to be joined to Jesus' resurrection life that we might share everything that Jesus has. Can you believe that? Can you believe he's that kind of share? Can you believe that, that God has exalted Jesus to the heavens? He's preparing a new heavens and new earth. He's the heir of all things. He rules and reigns forever. And you know what the gospel is all about? The gospel is all about God calling you into that. That's what the end of verse 12 says, right? He says, to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. God says, I want you to share all of this. Okay, now, what's that worth? What's that worth to you? It's of infinite worth, is it not? Is there anything worth more than that? Is there anything worth more than God calling you into his own kingdom and glory, plucking your feet from the fires of hell and calling you to share with Jesus in an eternity of joy? Okay, there, there is nothing worth more than that. And so when, when, he says, when he says to help people follow Jesus means you, you exhort, you encourage, you charge them to walk in a manner worthy of God, worthy of this. What he's saying is that, that you ought to live a life in response to that. You ought to live a life that matches that. You ought to live a life that, that, that realizes the worth of what Jesus has done for you. All right, let me give you some biblical examples, okay? I'll give you two. In Matthew 22, there is a parable of a feast, okay? It's of a king who throws a whopper of a shindig of a party, okay? I mean, it is, it is the party of all parties, all right? I mean, it's, it is the, the most luxurious of all feasts, and it is for his son, all right? Yeah, you get in the picture? And, and he invites people, come to the feast, okay? And then look what happens. Verse 5, but they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm and another to his business. Okay, are, are you getting the picture? There's this king, king, who throws this enormous feast, and he, and he gives an invitation. And the people that get the invitation, look at it, Chuck it in the trash and go off to check cattle. Go off to do their shopping. Go off to plant their flowers. Okay, now listen what the king says. He says, um, what verse is it? Eight. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Why were they not worthy? Because they didn't see the worth of the king. Do you see that? Why were, why were they not worthy? Because they didn't see the worth of the king. How did they respond to the king's lavish feast? Trash, I gotta go mow my lawn. That's why they're not worthy. They didn't see the worth of the king. So, so when you're calling people 
The way, the way that you help people here, Paul says, is you exhort them, you encourage them, and you charge them to walk in a manner worthy of God. What does that mean? That means you see the worth of God and your life responds to that. Right? You see the worth of God. I'll give you one more example. This one's a harder one. I, I did this one first on purpose because that one you're going to be like, oh, okay. This one you're going to be like, ooh, that was hard. Okay? Matthew 10. Matthew 10, 37. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. See how he's using that? How's he, how's he using that? He's saying that if you see God in all of his glory, that he has loved you, he's created you, he sustains you, he sent his own son to die on the cross for you, he's, he's raised Jesus to, to new life and seated him in the heavenlies. And called you to share in all of that. And you look at him and you're like, yeah, you're pretty good. But oh my, my husband, he's the best ever. I I love him much more than I love God. And oh my my granddaughter, she's the best in all the world. And and, and I'm much more committed to her than I am to God. What's Jesus, what's God saying about that? You don't see my worth. You, You got things mixed up. Okay, so, so again, what are we calling people into? Okay, verse 12. How do you help someone follow Jesus? You encourage them. You exhort them. You charge them to walk in a manner worthy of God. What does that mean, worthy of God? It means that you see the worth of God and, and you respond in your life accordingly. Right? You respond in your life accordingly. Now, some of you are still saying, okay, okay, I kind of get that. I get that, that that's what it means to walk in a manner worthy of God. But like practically, what are the practical things? I'm glad you asked, okay? So Colossians helps us there. Colossians helps us. Colossians 1.10, okay? So, so here Paul prays for these people, and he, and he prays for them in verse 10. He says, so as to walk, he's like, I want you guys to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, okay? Same phrase there. And then he gives some practical stuff, fully pleasing to him. What does it mean to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? It means you live a life that's pleasing to Him. You think thoughts that are pleasing to Him. You, you do deeds that are pleasing to Him. You, you, your schedule is pleasing to Him. Your giving is pleasing to Him. You, your deeds are pleasing, okay? Next thing, bearing fruit in every good work. Okay, you got good works. You know what good works do? Good works show the worth of our Savior. When, when we do good works and bear fruit by the Holy Spirit, we're saying, God, you're worthy. You're worth, man, you're worth it. God, you're worth it. You're worth my effort. You're worth my service. Okay? Next one, increasing in the knowledge of God. Whenever, whenever we're seeking to increase, God, I want to know you more. I, I want to be in my Bible. I want to memorize scripture. I want to I know you in prayer. What are we saying? We're saying, God, you're worth it. You're worth it. If we keep going here to the next verse, verse 11, it says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. Whenever we're going through hard times and we're like, oh God, this is hard, but I'm going to hold on to you. Why? Because you're worth it. I'm, I'm going to have joy in the middle of this because you're worth it. I'm going to give you thanks. My life's falling apart, but God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be thankful. I'm going to be full of thanksgiving. Why? Because you're worth it. Are you guys seeing that? Those are all ways that we, we live a life worthy of God. So, so how do we help people follow Jesus? We call them into that. Right? We live that out in front of them as an example, and then we call them into that. Okay, you got another question, don't you? I, I knew you did. I knew you would. Your, your next question is, yeah, but 
Pastor, I fail. Like, I, I want that, and I, I want my life to, to say, Jesus, you're worthy, but, but I fail. And so I, I, can't, I feel like I can't ever get there, Pastor. You know what? I, I believe that God is looking for a heart condition here. I don't think he's looking for perfection. I think he's looking for a heart condition. I think he's looking for, for motives. I think he's looking for, for, for your efforts here, okay? Let, let, let me give you an example. Mother's Day's coming up next week, right? Did you know that? Mother's Day's next week. And um, so, so mothers do a lot, you know? They, they, they travail and anguish and they, they scream their babies into the world, you know, to their own pain. To their own anguish. And then they give them their, their love and their nourishment and their attention 24-7. Right? They take care of these little ones. And then somewhere about five years old or so, those little ones, they start to realize, man, mom's pretty special. Man, mom, mom's pretty awesome. I, I, I want to do something for mom. It's Mother's Day. I want to do, and I don't know where this got started. It was a terrible idea. But somewhere it got started that one of the special things, at least in our house it did, one of the special things you should do for mom is make them breakfast in bed. You know, breakfast in bed. And what that means most times, mom's got to get back in bed by the time they get their deal done, right? But, man, I can remember, my, especially my big girls, when they were little, man, they'd have it all planned out. They'd been planning, you know, and they asked for, you know, Dad, can we? Oh, you bet, you bet, you can, you know. And we want to do it, Dad. We want to do it. So, so here they'd come up the stairs, you know, little little princess cup with a dandelion in it you know and napkin and and silverware and some juice you know and and then on the plate inevitably a nice piece of toast with I, I remember some of those one time I remember it had sprinkles on it one time chocolate syrup one time I think the, the best one I remember ever it had sonic mints you know on on the toast you know like sprinkle you know and, and man coming up there mom Guess what we did, you know? Made you breakfast. Breakfast in bed, here you go, you know? Now, now moms are so special, you know, because they, they eat it, you know? I'd be like, oh, hey, that's great, but I ain't eating that, you know? <laughs> I'm glad you don't do that for Father's Day. But, you know, moms, she'd be up there, oh, oh, thank, thank you guys. And then they'd sit there, big eyes, you know, mom, you going to eat it? <sighs> you know, this is great, thank you, so good, you know? Okay, that falls short of a five-star meal, don't you think? Right? The product being produced there is not very good. But what about the heart? What, what was in the heart there? Mom, we love you. Mom, we're going to do, do the most special thing that we can think of to show you that you're worthy. Mama accepts that. Don't you think God's the same way? Don't, don't, you think, don't you think if you you go out, you try to share the gospel with your neighbor, and you get over there and you start fumbling your words, and he's not very accepting of it, but you get out the gospel and he kind of blows you off and you ask him to pray for for, for him and he, he says no I don't really want you to and and you come back and you're walking back across your yard and you're just crying out God please save him and God I, I think I messed that up it didn't go very well you know what I think God's saying I think he's saying you're living a life worthy of the gospel worthy of God the gift definitely flawed but 
but the heart is there. So, so what is good spiritual leadership doing? Okay, again, come back to what are we doing here? We are, we are trying to help people follow Jesus, okay? And so what, what are we, spiritual fathers or spiritual fathering, what, what is it? It's calling people, calling your small group, calling your friends, calling, calling your neighbors, those who are believers in your life, your church, calling them to live a life worthy of God, okay? Now, fortunately, Paul gives us some tools here, okay? He says, sometimes you exhort, sometimes you encourage, and sometimes you charge, all right? Now, I know those three are very similar, but I want to point out to you kind of the specific nuances of them because I really think there's, there's a unique place for each of them, okay? So the word exhort, what does it mean? So what does it mean to exhort each one of you to walk in a manner worthy of God? Well, the word exhort means to come alongside. If you've ever studied the book of John, you'll know that in John, it calls the Holy Spirit the helper. Remember that? Okay, you know what that word is? It's the exact word here. It's perikaleo, okay? So, so think, think in terms of coming alongside someone to help. You, you see, there's times where, you know what you need to do for your, your small group member? When you, when you see in their life, they're struggling to live a life worthy of God. They're struggling to, to follow Jesus. And so you need to actually come up alongside of them. Like, like you need to get up, get up and alongside, and you need to walk with them. And, and you need to, to, to maybe, maybe help them a little. Man, one of the most beautiful things that, that anybody's ever done for me was at the end of a, uh, toward the end of a 100-mile bicycle race in the New Mexico mountains. And this guy here was shot. I mean, there was, there was nothing left in the tank. And, and my good buddy, Dr. Kirkendall, instead of speeding on ahead without me, he stayed there beside me, and he put his hand out. We're riding together. He put his hand out on my back, and he gave me just enough of a little push to keep me going. That's pericaleo right there. That's to come alongside somebody. You need to do that for people spiritually. There's times where people are struggling, and, and, and you need to come alongside, and, and, and you need to, to help them in some practical way to follow Jesus. That next word is encourage, Okay. The word encourage is, is a word that means to, to, to call somebody forward, but to do it with comfort. All right? So here's what's the reality, guys. So, sometimes people are in the midst of hard things. Sometimes they're, they're in the midst of failure. Sometimes they're in the midst of, of steep challenges. Okay? And, and they, knew, they do need to be called forward. They, they do need someone saying, hey, hey, you're a believer God's got you here, and, and you, need, you, need to, you need to follow Jesus. I want to help you to live a life worthy of the gospel, but I want to do it with comfort, okay? This is where the hammer guys, they, they hardly ever encourage people, okay? Sometimes you need to put down your hammer and take up your Kleenex, right, and, and help people to follow Jesus. The third word there is charge, okay? This is the one where you kind of do need a hammer, Okay? This, this is the one where, where you're charging somebody in the sense of you're, you're testifying, you're witnessing, you're, you're, you're warning somebody about the importance of something. Okay, that, that's a charge, all right? So you have three different words there, okay? Exhort, come alongside to help, okay? Encourage, call forward with comfort, okay? Let me, let me give you a great example of encourage. Um, I was trying to fix my garage door the other night. I've ordered the wrong part three different times now, so that's, that's super helpful. 
And uh, so it didn't work. I didn't get it fixed. But anyway, in the midst of that, Casey was trying to help me. And, and Asher was in there wanting to play. He's bored. He's always bored, you know. And so I said, well, hey, man. I mean, the garage door was filthy because we've had it kind of cracked open. It's been all. I said, I gave him a broom and a dustpan. I said, here you go, man. You know, here you go. And, man, I'm telling you, he starts out sweeping. And, man, about 10 seconds into it, Dad, this is hard, you know. I can't get it. The broom's working wrong, you know. And I showed him how to hold it, showed him, you know. And, 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 but it was, it was a time for encouragement. Like I, I, I actually said to him, I said, yeah, son, most work is going to be hard. Like that's why it's work. You know, and I, and I said, and you're, you're not doing it right, first of all. Let me show you how to do it, but it, it is hard. But here you go, here, you're doing it. And then as he starts sweeping right, all right, good job. There you go. Look, see, you're doing it, right? That's a picture of encourage. Exhort, encourage, and charge. All right, but what are you doing? In all those things, you're helping people follow Jesus. You're helping them live a life worthy of God. Now, let, let, me, let me give you a, a great illustration. If you've been to my discipleship groups, you've heard this one because if you've been through 1 Thessalonians with me, I always mention this illustration because it, it helped me never forget these three words, okay? So here's, here's the illustration that I would give to you. A Dirks family hiking trip, okay? We take one of these every year. We go tent camping, and every year I pick out some hikes, all right? Now, normally, we've got, we've got a goal, Right? Which this, this makes sense because in your spiritual life, what are you trying to do? You're trying to help people follow Jesus, help them live a life worthy of God. There's a goal, right? Our goal on the hike is usually a peak or a mountain lake. Or last year it was a it was this huge meadow that was supposed to have a bunch of moose in it, right? And so so we're trying to get to this great thing, but during getting there, it gets hard, right? And you got some little people that are wanting to quit, okay? And so what inevitably happens is I have to do some exhorting, okay? Now, what was exhorting? That's when, when I, I see somebody trailing around about there 20 yards behind us, right? And I got to go back, and I got to come alongside them. I got to come alongside them. Hey, can I carry your pack? Hey, do you need some water? Hey, let me tie your shoe. Hey, right? We're, I'm coming alongside, and we're helping. Inevitably, there, there's some folks that I got to do some encouraging, Right? There, there's usually a time where someone plops down on a rock and's like, I can't do it anymore, you know? And I, I got to come over there. Ah, man, you're doing great. I'm sorry. Here, here you go. We'll sit here a bit, but we got we, we got to keep going. I know it's hard, but you're doing great. I always tell them, I don't know if they pick up on this, but I always tell them, you're doing so much better than your brothers and sisters did at your age, you know? I tell all of them that, you know? You're doing, you're doing so good, you know? You're, come on now. Yeah, right? There's a little comfort, and then there's some encouragement forward, okay? So there's some exhortation. Come along and help. There's some encouragement. But inevitably, at some point, usually toward the end, there's a charge, right? There, there's a, hey, listen, you're going to get left, okay? We, we are going. We've got to get there. Night is coming. If you don't get going, bears are going to eat you, Okay? Now get going on the trail. There's some of all that. There's some exhortation. There's some encouragement. And there's a charge. Friends, would you help people follow Jesus? Would you? Help them. Help them. People need help. And God has given you the tools to help people live a life. Worthy of God. 
Sometimes you're going to need to exhort. Sometimes you're going to need to go get, get alongside them. Sometimes you're going to need to encourage. Sometimes you're going to need to charge. But would you help them follow Jesus? Now, I want, I want to finish with a verse. And, and this verse is meant to do one thing for you. It's meant to show you this is serious. I've had, we've had some funny illustrations. Sometimes parenting is funny. But if you've ever parented kids, it's also serious, isn't it? And, and here's, here's what Hebrews 3 says. Verse 12 and 13. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Let me point out some things in that verse. Okay? First of all, an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God that you may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Man, all those things are really serious, aren't they? All those things are serious. And, and you know the thing that makes me kick myself time and time again is not realizing that those things are happening until it's too late. You see, a lot of times we wait too long. We're not there helping people follow Jesus. And so some of those things start taking place. People start getting an unbelieving heart. People start falling away. People start getting deceived by the deceitfulness of sin. And so what's the answer to that? Well, you'll notice there. Exhort one another. Thank you. Exhort one another every day. Exhort. That's the word we just talked about. One another every day. Man, you know, you know what the beautiful picture of the church is? It's a group of people that are all helping each other follow Jesus day by day. Pastor, what, what if we go overboard on this? Is that possible? It, have you ever been encouraged too much? You know, has that ever happened? You're like, man, I, I just got too much encouragement. I can't take it no more. Everybody's trying to help me follow Jesus. I, I don't think I could, I couldn't have enough of that. I'm, I'm assuming you can't either, right? Let's be this for each other. And how much more? In the midst of loneliness and isolation and fear, economic collapse, ought we to exhort, encourage, charge, live a life worthy of God? Let's pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being so worthy. Thank you for calling us into your kingdom and glory. God, thank you. Praise you. Lord, I, I pray, Father, help us to be the church in this way. God, please help us to encourage, exhort, charge. God, help us to live lives worthy of God. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.